Welcome to the Millionaire Next Door podcast with Robert Curtis, CFP, accredited investment fiduciary from Signature Estate and Investment Advisors. In this podcast, we help successful wealth accumulators like you looking to transition to a work optional lifestyle by helping you build strategies for growing and maintaining your wealth. Robert draws from years of experience and fiduciary responsibility and interviews guest experts to help you build reliable strategies to grow and maintain your wealth. Now, on to the show. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Millionaire Next Door podcast. Thank you so much for for tuning in. And today we have an interesting guest I think you'll really enjoy. We are going to talk about insurance. I know that's maybe not the sexiest uh, topic out there, but it is a really important topic. It's something that we come across quite a bit and think about. And when it comes to property, casualty, those kind of things, we I don't physically do that, me and my team, but we do have uh, integrated partners that we can reach out and put in touch or have discussions with part of our value-added support team. Uh, today on the podcast, we have a guest. It's Dana DeTola. Uh, she is an insurance expert. She comes from a long line of family uh, connection to the insurance business. Uh, she's head of a firm called Weaver & Associates uh, in California. And I'd like to introduce Dana and Dana, tell us tell us a little bit about yourself and your business. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I'm born into insurance. So my grandfather started our independent agency for property and casualty insurance in 1959. So I'm third generation in the process of purchasing the agency from my parents. We have 20 employees and we work with individuals and business owners. And so I've been hearing insurance from the time I was born and working full-time in the agency for about 16 years. That's great. So, so you really get it. You were brought into it. Um, you probably grew up around that. You've, you've, worked with a lot of folks we know and helped them, including actually, uh, I introduced you to a tennis club that I, I belong to, and you're helping them with their insurance that had sort of been scattered out amongst a bunch of different brokers and whatnot. Dana, tell us what are the most important personal tips for individuals to know these days about insurance? Yeah, I think insurance is a really important part of the wealth management process because, you know, Rob, you do everything you do well and people grow their wealth and their assets. And if they don't properly insure it, then they could lose everything very quickly. So it's an important, you know, one leg of the stool, I guess, for what you do. Um, for personal individuals, a couple of tips for currently, we're seeing a lot of people being underinsured. So if you own properties, um, I would say the at the very least, take a look at the replacement cost on your home and your other structures and just make sure that that's adequate. Construction costs across the country have gone up so high that nine times out of 10, when a new client's referred over to us, they're grossly underinsured. And we, we found out the hard way in a lot of the local California fires where people didn't have enough to rebuild their house because they never really looked at it. You know, you write your homeowner's insurance when you buy your house and then set it and forget it. And a long time down the line, you, you don't realize that you're, you're really underinsured. So that that's one tip I definitely would recommend. Um, I also, if you've 
have a trust in place. If you don't have a trust in place, I recommend getting that right away. But if you do, making sure your trust is named on your homeowner's insurance policies. So when that happens, you know, you, you want to put all of your assets into the trust. And then it's important that you make sure it's added to the home. A good, a good family law attorney will advise you and remind you, but a lot of people don't. And so you could have an uncovered claim if your house is titled to your trust and your trust is not listed on your homeowner's insurance policy, there could be no coverage. So that's really important. And then we highly recommend that everyone purchase a personal umbrella policy. So personal umbrella insurance is an extra insurance policy. It sits on top of your other policies. So for you know a basic family that has a couple cars and one home, they'll have a homeowner's policy that protects their house, and then they'll have their auto insurance that protects their autos. And then you have this umbrella policy that sits above and it just extends for liability. So it's not going to give you more coverage to rebuild your home. But if somebody trips and falls and sues you or your dog bites somebody or any of those kind of liability claims, once your homeowner's or an auto accident, once your policy, your auto or your home has exhausted its limits, the umbrella will step in and give you additional limits. So for instance, when I was 16, I hit a pedestrian. I was going like one mile an hour. I, I hit a little old lady. She fell over and it was a $900,000 claim. So without an umbrella, my parents could have been bankrupt because, you know, their auto policy had $250,000 in liability. Once that was exhausted, they were able to dip into the umbrella, which covered the claim. So those are my big important things. Have an umbrella, make sure that you have adequate limits and make sure if you have a trust that it's listed on any policies that you have and review your coverages every year. If you're in the pandemic, you're running a business out of your home now, and that's new, make sure Mm -hmm. your insurance company knows about that. You could have an uncovered claim if they come out and say, whoa, what's going on here? We didn't know about this, not covered. Or your auto, if all of a sudden you picked up some sort of new job where you're traveling a lot and you're driving for work, your auto policy needs to have business use on it, or you could have an uncovered claim. That's that's really great advice on the umbrella. I've got a teenage driver in the house, so that's Oof. good to know. I do have yeah. an umbrella policy, thank goodness. But but also your tip about the you know the trust and the titling and and the integration of estate planning or trust attorney with you know with the financial advisor and the insurance agent, so everything is coordinated seamlessly and smoothly. That's that's really, really good advice. So, and that's that's what we do. So you brought up this gross underinsurance being extremely common. And I suspect you're you're hundred percent correct. Um tell me though why why are rates going up and, and when will they level out? It's huh. a million dollar question. Here in California, we are in a serious crisis, um, specifically for property insurance, but for auto as well. Um, Anyone who has auto insurance or property insurance has probably seen rates increasing. It's due to the fact that the insurance commissioner, at least in California, is not approving rate increases. And so the insurance companies, you know, they have actuaries that figure out, hey, we need to charge X amount in order to make a profit. And they're not able to charge that amount because they can't get the rate approved uh, increase. And so they're just starting to pull out altogether. I mean, we have a lot of our insurance companies, you know, we're independent brokers. So we represent a lot of insurance companies go out in the market and find the best option for our clients. So the companies come into my office, you know, everybody wants us to put more business with them. Typically, historically, the last few years, the carrier reps are coming in and saying, we don't want, we don't want your auto insurance. 
we don't want your property insurance. Like we can't get the rate we need. We can't legally tell you don't write it, but I'll tell you, we're going to pull your appointment if you keep writing auto or you keep writing this. So there, we're turning, it's running into an issue where you have less markets. And so mm -hmm. those that are left had already had higher rates. And so you're being forced to work with higher insurance rates on the auto side. The good news is there's still options, but we're seeing until we have self-driving cars, I don't see an end in sight. I mean, the cost to repair a car is way more expensive than it used to be. You know, you had an old metal car that they could bang it out. Now we have sensors and all these things that take forever. Mm -hmm. And then with the, with COVID and just getting parts is taking forever. So that's costing insurance companies more time because they're paying out rental car coverage and all the things that go along with your car being stuck in the shop forever. Um, and then we've got people on their phones. So we have distracted drivers. So you've got more expensive vehicles, distracted drivers, and we have more litigious auto accidents. I mean, I, the statistics are crazy. It's like seven out of 10 auto accidents, someone gets an attorney. So that's always going to cause the cost to go up. So you've got the trifecta that I don't see an end in sight in terms of auto insurance. Um, one tip, Rob, you said you're, you have a teenage son. I do highly recommend if you've got young drivers, get them licensed right away. Even if you, they don't drive, kids these days don't seem to want to get licensed at 16 yeah. like I did. And so your policy is rated on years of experience. So they don't just look like if you're 16, yeah. they look at have you had, and when you're 16, you have had no experience. So if you have a kid in your house, it's like, I don't want to drive. It's more fun to be driven around, get them licensed, exclude them on your policy. Don't let them drive. But then when they do want to drive when they're 20, they have four years of experience and they're not going to, you're not going to pay the same kind of rate you'd pay on a young driver that just got licensed. Yeah, that's good advice. I, I, you know, I have a 18 year old daughter and then a 20 year old son. They, they both wanted to drive right out of the gate and do drive and are pretty good drivers. They they are in that camp of driving their friends all over the place because they're you're right. A lot of them either don't want to drive or or the parents aren't going to get them a car or whatnot. So I hear that 100 percent. You brought up a crazy point. It wasn't on our agenda. But do you have any you may not know. You mentioned self-driving cars and being you're in the industry and things like that. Do you do you ever hear target dates for that, or do you have it just? I don't a wild hear. Question. I mean, yeah, no, and yes, I, I sit through all these insurance companies give their kind of state of the industries, and that's really a hot topic because yeah, it will you know we're humans and and we we make errors and we're not paying attention and all those things, and so the self-driving is definitely the future, I think. And the insurance companies are banking on that becoming the future. Another thing is um, telematics or analytics where the cars will send data to the insurance companies. That's also yeah. the future. And you can do that now. A lot of insurance companies offer you a, a discount if you sign up for their, some sort of device that's actually in your car. It can tell when you speed, mm. it can tell you know, how often you're driving, you can tell how often you're braking hard. And so by giving them that data, it helps them to price better. Um, and okay. so I'll give you a discount to sign up for that. And I thought some of that was already in there. I mean, they could, you know, if there is an act, they could pull the brake and maybe through the computers and stuff in there, send stuff, you were going this speed. Uh, yeah, I, I, don't know. I know that a lot of my commercial clients, they pay for third party software that they put in their uh -huh. fleet of vehicles and then they'll have a big screen in their office that shows you know all their cars yeah. all over their territory area and they can tell their by coloring you know if it's red the guy's going too fast or whatever's happening so it's definitely 
definitely available. Um, so I think that's also the future of insurance is like right. having more integrated so that you're specifically being underwritten right now. Everyone is kind of, you're, you're grouped into a big bucket depending on miles driven. They don't look at you individually. Right. Yeah. More data, more specific. The actuaries tend to implement that uh, very effectively over time on big data sets. So are there insurance issues with moving moving one's assets into an LLC? Yes. I wanted to bring this up because we're seeing a lot of our high net worth clients being advised to open LLCs out of, we're in California. So out of California, typically it's Nevada or somewhere where they're moving all of their assets into that LLC. That is, mm-hmm. I can't explain to you what the benefit of that is from a tax standpoint. That's maybe you are a CPA, but I can say it does cause some issues in terms of insurance. You're still mm-hmm. insurable, but if your car or your boat or your home is moved into an LLC, not all insurance companies will write in the name of an LLC. So it's just something Mm. to be aware of. You know, you think you're making all these tax moves to save money, but you might end up having to pay twice as much in homeowner's insurance or auto insurance because the insurance company you're with now doesn't write items titled to an LLC. And so you'll have to switch to a different insurance company. Oh, wow. Which is a big, a big deal for sure. It can be, yeah, Um, it can offset the savings that you thought you were going to have by making the move. Right. So, I mean, it's again, stressing this important of the integration, you know, you get some advice from an attorney or your tax, but how does that affect the insurance? How do those all integrate Absolutely. and having a big holistic view in order to serve, serve one most effectively. Okay. Let's, let me we'll pivot a little bit to some business insurance, you know, talking points, I guess what insurance coverages are common commonly neglected by business owners. There are two coverages that I see frequently missed by business owners that I think are super important. Um, One is employment practices, liability insurance. That is the policy that pays for wrongful termination, discrimination, sexual harassment type. These are ugly. If you have employees, yes, there are legitimate claims that happen and legitimate issues, but nine times out of 10, I see you terminate an employee for just cause. And then they come back and retaliate by bringing some sort of fraudulent suit because they're wrongfully terminated or discriminated against. And the cost to fight that can get really expensive. The average employment practices lawsuit is $200,000. And so this also applies to third parties. So sometimes people are like, well, why do I need that? I don't have any employees. I'm a contractor and I work in, you know, different offices or whatever. It also, if, if someone you work with, it claims that, or it goes so far as if you're a landlord and you don't rent your home to someone or your apartment to someone, they can come back and say you discriminated against them because of X, Y, or Z. And so employment practices liability is what protects you from those type of lawsuits. And really it's the attorney costs that rack up real fast there. And a lot of times these, these settle, but it's expensive. And so we really, really recommend looking into that coverage. It can be pricey. Um, the deductible is typically about $25,000. So you're still out of pocket 25 grand, but it's a lot better than 200,000. Okay. All right. Um, and where do you see the commercial insurance market heading in terms of rates? That that's where it's, I, I, you know what, I didn't talk more about that in the personal 
question. The yeah. property market is crazy right now. So mm -hmm. um, we're seeing rates going up. Workers' compensation seems to be staying pretty soft. So we're seeing rates staying fairly level with um, the past years. What we don't know is what long COVID is going to do to the workers' compensation market. Um, I don't think COVID hit as hard as we anticipated it. Um, we didn't see mm -hmm. as many COVID-related claims, but what we weren't prepped for was how long some of them would go. So that's kind of, you know, the big question mark. There's no prior data to go off of for actuaries on benchmarking what, what this is going to do. But workers' comp right now is staying flat with long COVID. We don't know. Maybe that will drive the rates to go up. But in terms of property insurance, it's really scary right now. Um, any buildings that are over 30 or 40 years old that haven't had full updates. So full updates is a new roof, fully replumbed, not just changing out some light fixtures or a toilet, you know, they are getting non-renewed because the insurance companies cannot get the rate that they need. And so with the non-renewals, you're having to go into what we call the surplus lines insurance market. So you're going to these non-admitted insurance companies and we're seeing mm. rate increases up to 200%. And wow. it's, it's going to impact everyone because, you know, if you've got a large portfolio, you, if you can't get insurance or it's cost prohibitive and you have a loan, you're going to default on your loan. And I just had an HOA reach out to me and they had a policy with travelers at $42 million in replacement for the HOA. So that about 200 units, fairly large, near brush, but not like right in a fire zone. Um, they had not done any complete updates. So they kind of patched roofs as needed, or, you know, they fixed plumbing when needed, but not like a full overhaul. Their policy with travelers got non-renewed for age and lack of updates, and they were paying $70,000. Their renewal, the best option for the same coverage was $800,000, which they My could not goodness. afford. So yeah. they're, they ended up um, insuring for 25% of value mm -hmm. with a 30% rate increase. They don't have enough insurance. It doesn't meet the CCNRs, the, the contract that like with the HOA. So everybody who owns an, a condo in that complex, it's now almost worthless. You can't sell it because anyone who's going to oh, buy boy. it, the lenders go and they look and they need to see, you know, the financials, they need proof of insurance from the HOA. So individuals that maybe, you know, are in retirement and don't have income sources and they can't reach in for an assessment of $50,000 to pay for the insurance every year. And they can't sell these places because there's, they, I don't know what's going to happen. It's really, really scary what's going on right now with the property market. Yeah, my goodness, you're you're probably scaring a lot of folks out there, but they probably should be a little concerned. That's that's really concerning. What about cybersecurity insurance? Do you do you deal with that? Do you come across that? Yes, that um, was the other one that I uh, meant to bring up. Important coverages. Cyber is definitely important. Again, another one we're seeing a ton of claims. Mm -hmm. We're seeing rates going up because of the amount of claims. You know, cyber when we first started selling it was this new product and it covered everything and it was dirt cheap and as it's paying out more and more, um, we're seeing it be harder to get. Um, it's really important that you are doing certain things to keep your network safe to even qualify for cyber insurance. So like a, a baseline question on every cyber application now is, do you have multi-factor authentication on your devices? Yep. Which, you know, if you take your laptop to Starbucks, you need to be able to like log in on your phone or something so they know that you, yeah. it's actually you. Um, if you don't have that, it's impossible to get cyber insurance right now. So the the a couple of tips is one, 
everyone should consider cyber because we're seeing so much hacking. It doesn't even matter if you've got a machine shop that's using CNC machines and pretty low tech, they can hack into mm -hmm. your, your machines if they're computer programmed mm -hmm. that, and they, it could just kill production um, at a plant. And so we're seeing a lot of this ransomware where you'll come in one day and all of your software is unaccessible. Um, we're seeing a lot of wire transfer fraud. I highly recommend you never wire money without making a phone call confirmation with people because we're seeing a ton of that. So cyber yeah. protects businesses from any, if you're using a point of sale system, let's say you're a restaurant and your point of sale system gets broken into all of those people that ate at your restaurant, they're going to come to you. They're not going to go to the third party point of sale system that you purchase. You're going to have to then go to those people. And so you need to be able to respond and, and the cyber insurance enables you to do that. But you have okay. to do the hard work in the beginning of like at least doing baseline security, making sure you're doing patches on your computer and you have the multi-factor to even qualify. Yeah, I mean, I, I have it. I've been required to purchase it for the last several years, but it is unbelievable all the multi-factor authentication and all these layers coming in that, um, you know, just spend a huge amount changing passwords yeah. multiple times every week. I spend... An insane amount of my work day just changing and updating passwords and doing but that's what it takes i suppose it's important um, yeah and you'll probably notice that the applications keep getting more and more thorough we used to just be like what are your sales what's your industry yeah here's a quote now we have three four page applications that you have to send your it guy because none of no one is knows how to speak the it language yeah no i understand um any other sort of, um, not to paint all gloom and doom, I'm sure there's some some good stuff, but all, all the more reason one should have a very knowledgeable insurance ad advisor and an insurance advisory team. Uh, any other big picture salient uh, points maybe you want to cover or some yeah, you know, additional mean, advice you'd like to impart? Yeah, we'd love to yes, hear. Yes, I would. I I'm, I'm think the big, big things right now is if, you're a homeowner, make sure that you're documenting any updates you do to your home. Because as the market gets tighter and underwriting gets more strict, that's something that we're having to show is like, we need proof of updates. The insurance companies can now look at permits so they can see if you pull the permit for your plumbing update or all those things, but not everybody does. So we're finding that a lot of our, our homeowner clients are like, will let us know that they did an update. Oh, a few years ago. Yeah, we did this. But they have no way yeah. to prove it. And so make sure that if you are doing any major updates to your home, that you are keeping that documentation because your insurance company is going to ask for it down the line. So keep the receipts and a description of what was done. And if you can get a note from the contractor, because we're asking you to furnish that, you know, three or four years down the line, and most people cannot find it. So that's the first thing. Um, second thing is vote. Um, it seems counterintuitive, but when you see things come on the ballot about allowing rate increases for insurance companies, vote yes for that. The insurance companies, if they cannot take their rate increase, they might want a rate increase of 12%. And if they can't get it, then they just will stop writing. And so you end up having to go to these other companies that's 200% increase. So mm. if you have an opportunity or you're in an area where your senators are on the insurance oversight committee, you got, we need to nudge those people, um, the politicians, to allow the rate increases. Otherwise, we're entering a very, very scary time for, for insurance, specifically property insurance. Wow. So so interesting. So so much to discuss. We might have to have you back for a second discussion here. 
<laughs> um, and then, you know, on the records, too, of the improvements to your home or the upgrades, I know that's critically important to years down the line if you sell your property. I mean, my tax accountant drums that into me. So um, absolutely, we try and keep them, but there's been things we've done that we haven't. And you think it, you know, that could add back into your basis and save you some in taxes. So keeping those Absolutely. records. Is, yeah. And the yeah. other thing that uh, insurance companies are, are utilizing a lot of technology now, satellite images, drones. Mm -hmm. So we're seeing mm -hmm. a lot more strict underwriting coming from the air, like aerial photos. And so if you've got trees that overhang your, any part of your structures, if you have a pool that maybe is empty in your backyard, mm -hmm. they're seeing that stuff. And so we're getting yep. a lot of like, Hey, and it's expensive to get your tree trimmed. If you if you get it trimmed annually, yeah. it's a lot cheaper than having it a um, huge project done at you know at one time. So I I really recommend keeping you know clutter from your backyard, keeping your pools full of water, keeping your trees trimmed because that stuff's going to get picked up and and you don't want to be surprised and say oh your policy is going to cancel in thirty days until you take care of this. It's better to be proactive. Oh, you're a hundred. You know on the on the trees. Boy, I have a such a firsthand account. So um, we keep our trees really trimmed and we have a lot of trees and it's expensive, you know, to have a good, a good trimmer, a good arborist. Um, we had a windstorm incident. I think it was in 2011, sort of regionally in my neighborhood and in LA County. And it was just shocking. I mean, it took down like an enormous amount of trees and the trees were really stressed and we had a huge tree splinter that fortunately didn't really hit hit the property. Uh, another one that fell, crushed a kid's trampoline, was on a um, power line. So we learned the ones that were taken good care of, you know, held up pretty well. But others, you know, these limbs snap and they fall and we see it hit structures in our neighborhood. And it, it's just you got to take care of those trees. But Interesting point about them seeing into your property and knowing that. So um, absolutely, one thing they're... to note on that tree issue because that we're in the same area, Robert and I had similar issues. Is if you have a neighbor that doesn't maintain their trees, yeah, if in a windstorm, if you've never said anything to them or documented that you've asked them to trim their trees because it's unsafe, if their tree falls on your house is considered an act of God. And so your insurance policy response, just because it's on their property doesn't mean it's their fault because it's just, mm. you know, a freak accident, unless you have in writing pointed out and requested that they, you know, fix their tree or trim their tree. And then they have failed to do so. In that case, it's their life, they're liable. So if you do have some sort of hazard for your neighbor, you know, yeah. that you are worried about would damage your home. Um, it's good to, you know, it's kind of hard because it's your neighbor and you don't want to have a, a hard, a tough situation there. But um, if you document that you've asked them to fix that in the event that that tree falls on your house, it's going to be on them as opposed to you. Yeah, hundred percent. I have that exact issue with a big oak tree in our back in our backyard. It's not actually on our property, but it it abuts to the two other properties adjacent. It kind of it's a big tree, you know. So. Um, it, it spans out over different properties. We keep ours trim. I think another guy on the other side does, but there's one guy who doesn't. So um, that's perfect. I'll, I'm going to point that out. We're yeah. on really good terms, but I'm going to document. And I think he, he would know that, but um, 
that can come up and there can be those trees that, you know, are well, spreading out over different. Well, if your buddies with your neighbor, you can also blame it on your insurance broker and say, hey, I just want to make sure I have this in writing. <laughs> Dana said. There, yes. No, that's good. That's good. But that's a really good tip. So um, I think I'm going to start to wrap it up unless there's anything else you'd like to add. But I, I really appreciate you coming out. And we, we should probably do this again. And if there's anything else. Um, Thanks for we'll, having me. For sure, for sure, Dana, and that you know she's she's part of a network of professionals I interact with. So we'll put some links in the show notes of how to reach her. You can reach her through me, but just just a ton of good tips. We could have gone on for a really long time. She's a great person. Um, so thanks for being with us, Dana, and we'll we'll wrap it up. And thanks everyone for listening. Uh, we are now approaching 10,000 listens on the podcast, I'd heard. We're, people are listening to this in 103 countries, I'm told. That's kind of blowing my mind. But um, thanks for taking the time. And we've got some really exciting future podcasts coming up as well, too. So, Thank you for listening to the Millionaire Next Door podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Signature Estate and Investment Advisors or Royal Alliance Associates Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.